I want to welcome you once again to Providence Road. If you are a guest with us this morning, welcome. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, and I am a covenant member here at Providence Road, and we are very grateful and thankful that you have joined us this morning. If you are a guest, we have been going through the book of John, and as Jay just read, we are in John chapter 17 this morning, which is one of the most encouraging passages in all of the book of John. This morning, we get to see and hear what means the most to Jesus, and it comes to us through Jesus, through this prayer that he prays uh, to his Father for you and me. It's some of Jesus' last words recorded in the Bible. It's, it's that la- it's last prayer recorded in Scripture for us to be able to hear and see and re- believe Uh, this truth that Jesus lays out for us. And it's meant for his uh, first disciples, but it's also meant for us today as uh, his followers. And so it's meant to bring us great joy. It's meant to, to strengthen us. And it's meant to bring us great encouragement this morning. And so we're going to look at this prayer, but first let's pray and then we'll jump in. Father, we are grateful and thankful that you have given us these words. These words come to us in your word, but it comes to us through this prayer that Jesus prayed to you for us. And because they are some of his last words, they mean the most to him. They are precious. Father, we ask that you will give us eyes to see that you would protect us from the evil one as he seeks to blind us to the truth about who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, come in power, for we need your power to reveal, to continue to reveal the depths of your love for us and the truth of who Jesus is. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, some of you uh, know this, but for those of you who do not, uh, a few years ago, I lost my dad to cancer. So for 40 months, he courageously fought, but in the end, his body could take it no longer. Now, even though this was, and it still is, the most painful experience that I've ever gone through in my life, there's one thing that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the time that we were able to spend together in its last moments in this world, because not everyone gets this. Not everyone gets to spend these last moments with someone who knows that their life here in this world is coming to an end, and I'm grateful for those times, and I will always, always, always cherish the words that were spoken during the last moments of his life. You see, when your life comes to an end, the words that are spoken are the most important and the most precious. They reveal the depths of your love, and they also reveal what is most important to you. Since my dad's passing, from time to time, I have thought about what I would say to those who I love the most in this world. What would I tell them? What would I say? They would reveal the depths of my love for them, but they would also reveal what is most important to me and what I want them to hear and see and know what is most important to them. 
So in our passage this morning, we get to hear some of Jesus' last words. We are invited this morning to see and receive and believe the depths of Jesus' love for those who belong to him. And we get to hear and see that which is most important to Jesus. This truly is an amazing moment for us to be able to, to hear and see and believe the truth that Jesus lays out for us in this passage because it tells us not only the depths of his love for you and me, but it also reveals that which is most important to Jesus. And in turn, our hope and prayer is, is that they too will become most important to you and to me. So let's look at verse 6. Praying to the Father, Jesus says, I have manifested or I have revealed your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. They have believed that you have sent me. So Jesus Christ came into this world to reveal one fundamental truth, and that is he is the revelation of God. Now, no one has ever seen God, but when you see Jesus in Scripture and when you hear his words, you hear and you see God. That, that's what he came to reveal, that he came from the Father and he came into this world to reveal who God is and what God is like and how we can be reconciled to God through him. That was his mission, to come into this world and reveal the truth of not only who God is, but that he is the image of the invisible God. Now, Colossians chapter 1 lays this out beautifully for us. So clear. It's going to be on the screen. Colossians chapter 1 says this, he being Jesus. Listen to this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Remember, this is, this is, we're talking about Jesus. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, that he might be the most important thing. For in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Now, if you have been a follower of Jesus for a while, this may seem pretty elementary to you. But what you believe to be true about this person that named Jesus Christ is truly a matter of life or death. I mean, we're told in verse 3, if you look at it, that eternal life comes to those who believe the truth 
that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the revelation of God. Eternal life comes to, know who, to those who know God through believing this truth about this person named Jesus Christ. So what we believe to be true about Jesus determines if a person has eternal life or eternal death. This is not elementary. This is the most important thing for this world, for you and me to see and believe and receive this truth that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the revelation of God. The only way to eternal life is believing and receiving this truth. So who do you say Jesus is? Do you believe him when he says that he is the image of the invisible God? Not everyone believes this. The world does not believe that this person named Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And in some ways, I can understand why they don't believe that because it is hard to believe. That God himself came into this world, took on flesh and blood. But that is what Jesus says happened. That's who, he, that's who he is. When we see the person of Jesus, we see the one who created all things and holds all things together right now. Why? Because he's God. And if you have come to believe this morning and see and have received this truth about Jesus, this prayer is for you. He's praying for his first disciples, but for all of us who claim to know him, to follow him, to believe him, and we have received him, then there are several truths for us that we must cling to and cherish this moment. So if that describes you this morning, if you see the truth of who Jesus is and you believe in him and received it, then there's three truths. There's many truths within this passage, but there's three truths that I want us to focus on this morning. And the first is this. If you believe and received Jesus this morning, if you see him as the image of the invisible God, God shows you you belong to him and you've always, always belonged to him. Always. Look at verse 9. I'm praying for them, them being the first disciples. I'm not praying for the world, but I'm praying for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. So even before Jesus came into this world, he is revealing to us that this small group of people that he's praying for, their disciples, they already belong to God. So God chose them out of this world, made them his own, and then what did he do? He gave them to his son, and to them, Jesus revealed the truth about who he is. You see, the reason why these disciples, and you and me, if we are disciples of Jesus, the reason why they believed and received the truth about Jesus was because first and foremost, they already belonged to God. So this small group of people chosen out of this world were God's gift to Jesus. 
And it was to them and for them that Jesus came into this world, revealed the truth about who he is, and eventually going to the cross to purchase them as his own once and for all. Have you ever thought of yourself as God's gift to Jesus? That's uh, hard to believe, isn't it? And it, uh, in a way, it kind of feels a little weird thinking about ourselves as God's gift to Jesus. But it's true. If you believe and see the truth about Jesus this morning, that is who you are. You are God's gift to Jesus. And before you came into this world, you already belonged to God. Before the foundation of the world, he knew you, and he chose you out of this world, and he gave you to his son. And his son came into this world to accomplish everything that you and I need to be brought into relationship with him. Everything that we need. And it was for the joy of having you and me as his own that he came into this world, suffered, rose again, and it was for his joy that he laid his life down for you, and it was his joy to reveal the truth about Jesus to you to ensure that you actually belong to him, you are his, you've always been his, and you always will be. That's good news. Because think about it just for a moment. Where would we be? Where would we be if that was not true of you? If God did not come and reveal the truth to you and help you see and believe and receive the truth about Jesus, you would still be in your blindness and separated from God. But the fact that he chose you before the foundation of the world and Jesus came into this world to make you his own, that's why you are his this morning. All because of God's wonderful and amazing grace. You belong to him. Bank on it. Cling to that. And not only are you his, but here's what Jesus is committed to. He is committed to use all of his power, the power of God, which is the greatest power in this world to keep you, protect you, guard you while you are in this world. That's his commitment. Look at verse 11. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I've guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak to you, uh, speak in the world, that they may be and that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. So we see clearly and hear clearly that Jesus' concern and commitment is to protect those who are his. 
So Jesus protected this small group of people while he was with them. He protected them in the name of God, which means he protected them by the power of God. And so now he's leaving them. So he's going back to the Father, but they are staying in this world. And so Jesus is asking the Father to protect them. But the question is, protect them from what? Who or what do these disciples and you and me, what do we need to be protected from? What is Jesus' concern in this passage? What Jesus asks specifically, that the Father protect us from the evil one, Satan, who is the ruler of this world. Listen, for those who belong to Jesus, we are no longer of this world. We have been freed from the rule and reign of the ruler of this world, which is Satan. We no longer belong to him. We no longer belong to his rule and reign. We have been set free from his power. We've been set free from sin and death, which was over us due to Satan. We have been released from that, but we are still in his world. And as long as we are in this world, and he is the ruler of this world, we have this unseen enemy that seeks to destroy us. How? This is crucial for us to understand. If indeed this is true, what Jesus is saying it is, if we are in this spiritual battle and we have this enemy who is called Satan, the ruler of this world, we have to understand and know and see what his mission is, what his strategy is, and that strategy or mission is to keep or prevent people from seeing the truth about who Jesus is. That's his goal is to keep people blinded to the truth about Jesus or speak lies to those who belong to Jesus. Listen to this. This comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's so clear. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Listen, in their case, the God of this world, who is Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now listen very carefully this morning. It may be that many of us here this morning need to to wake up. That we need to wake up to see that we are indeed in a spiritual battle. And this battle is ultimately about truth. The truth about who Jesus is. I mean, out of all the things that Jesus could have prayed for, he asked to to, to guard us in the truth, to keep us from the lies of the enemy, to keep us in the faith so that we would persevere uh, to the end. This is what Jesus is most concerned about. This is is what what he's committed to, to pray for our spiritual protection while we are in this world because we have this unseen enemy that seeks to speak lies to us and keep this world blinded to the truth of the gospel. So the question is, 
what are we? If this, is, if this is what Jesus is most concerned about, what are we most concerned about? Think about what dominate, what themes dominate our prayers. Are we more concerned and find ourselves praying more for our health and finances and politics and decision-making, or are we more concerned about praying for the spiritual protection of those that we love in our lives and for this city to see the glory of Jesus? It's pretty convicting, isn't it? I have um, found myself since being a dad, that this is one theme that I've been praying for my kids. Um, and to be honest, it, it really has come about um, as a result of one of my kids expressing how often they hear and they are aware of the lies of the enemy. They can communicate it clearly. <clears throat> and this has caused my wife and I to enter in, into the spiritual battle because the lies that they communicate to us that they hear the enemy saying is directed, it's directed right at the truth about what they believe to be true about Jesus. You're not a Christian. All this about Jesus is not true. It's just a story that someone has made up. Stop believing in Jesus. Stop trusting in Jesus. Stop following Jesus. Listen, you may think, oh, this is just kind of some mind games that they are playing, right? That these are just things that just pop in their head just out of, out of nowhere. But I believe this is exactly why Jesus is praying this prayer for his disciples and for you and me because this is the work of the enemy, he speaks lies because he is the father of lies, and so we enter into this spiritual battle and we pray for spiritual protection over our kids and loved one in our lives because it is our reality. I mean, we can go through this life and just be so consumed and concerned with the physical and be totally unaware of this unseen spiritual battle that we are in that seeks to rob us of our joy and encouragement in Jesus and seeks to prevent people from seeing the glory of Jesus, which ultimately leads to their salvation. We are in a spiritual battle battle. And here is the truth that we all need to hear this morning, that if the enemy can keep us in doubt and unbelief and disbelief about the good news of Jesus, then you know what's going to happen? We will be totally ineffective in continuing Jesus' mission, which he has given to the disciples and he gives to us. We will be totally ineffective. We will be Handicapped, we will be handcuffed, we will be, we'll be paralyzed from entering into this mission of revealing to this world the truth about Jesus. Look at verse 17. Jesus says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Sanctify here means to be set apart. 
okay? So it's by believing and receiving the truth about Jesus that the disciples are now set apart from the world. They no longer belong to the world. They belong to the kingdom of God by believing the truth about who Jesus is. And so Jesus sets them apart from the world, but what does he do? He sends them into the world to continue his mission. And what is that mission? To reveal to this world the saving truth about Jesus. So think about it like this. How did these disciples come to know the truth about Jesus? Because Jesus came into the world and he revealed the truth to them about who he is. And how did you come to believe the truth about Jesus? He came to you, and through the words of the disciples, he opened your eyes and enabled you to believe and receive the truth about Jesus. And so, how is this world, how is this city, how are the people in your lives that don't know Jesus, how are they going to come to know and see and believe the truth about Jesus? It is God's going to reveal the truth about Jesus through the words of the disciples that we have here through you and me. That's the strategy. Just like the disciples Jesus sends us into the world with the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. He sends us into the battle. He sends us to those, as Paul says, that are perishing. They are without the hope of eternal life. He sends us into this dark world, into the, into the reign and rule of the kingdom of this world. He sends us into the battle with the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ and is calling us to proclaim it and tell others because the only hope for this world to have eternal life is through hearing the truth of the gospel. Sit in that for a second. Think about those in your life who, it, I mean, he said, Paul says, that are perishing. They are blinded to the truth of the gospel. Their hearts are darkened. He calls us to go. As he went into the world, as he sends his first disciples into the world, he is now calling and sending us into the world with the hope of the, of the gospel. And this is our confidence as we go, because we need confidence. We need assurance as we go and as we open our mouths and tell the truth about Jesus. Listen, God will open the eyes of the blind. He will shine the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ in darkened hearts. He will do it. The glory of Jesus will be seen. It will be seen. Because do you see it? Do you see his glory? Do you see Jesus as the great Savior that he is? Do you see him as the great King? Do you see him as the revelation of God? God did this for you. He opened your eyes. He's shown the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ in your darkened heart and enabled you to believe and receive the truth of the gospel, and he will continue to do that today. He's doing it right now all over this world. Through his disciples, 
Guys, that is the calling on our lives, and it is a great calling, and it's a magnificent calling, and it's a magnificent privilege to be able to go on behalf of the king to go into this world and proclaim that he is the king. And Jesus is committed, his commitment, that which is most important to him is that people will see his glory. That people will see his glory. And all that belong to him will come to him through you and me proclaiming, telling others that Jesus is the image of God and that eternal life comes to all who believe and receive him. So, to sum, to sum this up, I see the look on your faces. To sum this up, this is what's most important to Jesus. You, you belong to him. He came to you. He rescued you. He saved you, chose you out of the world. He made you his own, and he promises to protect you while you're in this world, and he sends us out into the world, and he promises, and we can have the confidence and assurance that he is going to open the eyes of the blind, and he's going to rescue the perishing, and his kingdom will continue to grow, and his glory will be seen through you and me. I'm done. That's good news. It's his last words. May we cherish them, right? May we cherish them when we go back to them and we hear them because there's great hope, encouragement, strength within these words. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are so uh, humbled and grateful and thankful that you have come to us and that you have revealed the truth about who Jesus is and that you have made him irresistible to where, yes, we have believed and received him, but it's because, first and foremost, we have belonged to you from the foundation of the world and you came, Jesus, on our behalf and suffered on our behalf and rose again on our behalf to unite us to yourself that we belong to you now and forevermore. And Jesus, we are so grateful and thankful that even now as you sit at the right hand of the Father, that you are praying over us the spiritual protection as we enter into this battle, as we continue to live in this world under the rule and reign of the ruler of this world, that you protect us, that you guard us, and that by your power you send us into this world to proclaim the truth about who you are. We ask, Father, that you would help us to enter in into this mission, to this strategy, that we too would see the importance of telling others the truth about you, that we would love your glory the way in which you love your glory, and that you would enable us and help us, Holy Spirit, to enter into this spiritual battle and pray, that we would pray for those in our lives, spiritual protection to keep them from the enemy, that we would pray that for those in our lives who don't know you, that you would give them eyes to see the truth of who you are through us telling them. Jesus, we're grateful for these words. May we cherish them in Jesus' name. Amen.